0: On down to big breakfast. You were made for something great. Well, hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Wasn't that worship amazing today? There was something on that today that. Uh, was very prophetic and declarative about what God is doing here at this place. And so we're grateful for this team who stands up and lead us wholeheartedly every service. And so uh, we're super glad that you are here today. and. Uh, it's something that's important for us as a church is there are people that serve in very various capacities here. And some serve in greater capacities and stronger capacities than others. Uh, and it's important that we know some of those people. And one of the things that's very important to me, it's near and dear to my heart, is our men's ministry here. Got any men in the house that love men's ministry? Um, and the reason why men's ministry is important to me is because it uh, absolutely can transform generations to come. As men decide to follow God and lead their families to do the same, it will transform their lives but also the lives of their uh, generations to follow them. And so one of the things that we want to do is, uh, many of you have probably met our, our, the leader of our men's ministry here at the VHM campus, but if you haven't, I want you to get a chance to do so. So I'm gonna welcome uh, Anthony and his wife, Miranda, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Chad, Just welcome to the stage. And uh, as they're coming, one of the things that's important is that we just lay hands on them and pray over them because I believe that the role that these guys play is such a significant role here for our campus. And so this is not a spectator sport. I want you to uh, lean forward, lean in, and stretch your hand forward. And we're gonna pray over Anthony, who serves in our men's ministry, and also his wife, Miranda. And they lead a, uh, a blended family small group as well. And so they're they're very active here in our church and God uses them in a very special way. And so we just wanna pray over them uh, today. And Pastor Chad, Take us away, man. God, we thank you for Anthony and Miranda. We thank you for their beautiful family. Father, we pray blessings on them in this season. Amen. Father, we pray that you would bless them with their finances, bless them with their health, provision, safety, God, for their family. But honestly, God, we just pray that you would bless the hands of everything Anthony does with the men here at the Hamilton Mill campus. So, God, right now, we put him in place, and we, we pray blessings over him that everything he touched would be blessed yes, and the sir. men of this campus would be blessed because of what Anthony's bringing to the table. So we thank amen. you for Anthony's family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, God bless you, brother. God bless you. bless you, Miranda. All right, if you're not involved in our men's ministry and you are male, we wanna encourage you to do so. Uh, one of the things that we do every week uh, at seven to eight o'clock on Monday mornings, from seven to eight o'clock, um, Tony Irwin, who is also one of uh, the men who helped with Anthony lead our men's ministry, uh, he meets here every uh, Monday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. and prays. Men's prayer gathering here. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't been, to come be a part. Literally, they've prayed this whole property. They've, they've prayed over every corner of this property, declaring the word of God over this property, walked this property, prayed over it, and are contending for Uh, what God is wanting to do here on this campus. And so I want to encourage you men uh, to come join Tony and the guys uh, on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. All right, let's take our Bibles out. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Yes. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter four. We're going to continue the series, Hearing God. Uh, One of the things that was really, really important to us as a leadership uh, team is this, that we want our church body to be able to hear God. To know the voice of God, to discern the voice of God uh, in, a, in a season where there are a thousand voices coming our way. And all these voices are trying to draw our attention and draw our affection and draw our loyalties to them. And so, and what I believe is this, if we can hear the voice of God in the midst of all the chaos and all the other voices, that we will be able to stand anchored in the midst of this chaos, We will be able to stand anchored in the midst of this chaos. And here's what uh, is important for us to know is that uh, God speaks to us both individually and to us corporately. But one of the number one questions that I get asked is this. How do you know? How can you hear from God and how do you know it's his voice? How do you hear from God and how do you know it's your voice? I know, pastor, that you and the other pastors here hear from God, but how can I uh, just a regular person. Guess what? I'm just a regular person. How do we hear God? Does God still speak? Yes, he still speaks. How do I know? What, do I, what am I to do with what I hear him say to me? What am I supposed to do with that? Uh, first of all, hearing God begins with first believing that God speaks. It's, it begins with believing that God speaks. And secondly, that I can hear him when he does speak. In the Old Testament, God spoke to priests and prophets. And the priests and prophets would pull away and they would hear from God and then it would come back to the people and they would tell the people what they had heard from God. But now, because of the work of Jesus, we have direct access into the throne of heaven where we can go to God the Father directly. We don't have to hear through a prophet or through a priest. We can hear directly through, uh, from God, ourselves. And when we come into God's presence, what we find is grace and mercy. When we get there and then God will speak to us and lead us and guide us and anchor us in the midst of craziness that's going on around us. So we're not trying to get out of the troubles that we're in. We're trying to hear God in the midst of them. And if we can hear God, we can teach our families to hear God. And so it starts with believing first that God speaks. And I believe he does still speak. Uh, John chapter 10 tells us so. This is kind of our foundational verse for this whole series It's Jesus, we know Jesus speaks in parables, he speaks in metaphors, Uh, and what he's speaking of here, he's speaking to the disciples, but he's saying to them, he's giving them the metaphor of a shepherd and sheep. He is the shepherd and we are the sheep uh, as his people, and here's what he says, the sheep hear, hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." That means he speaks to us. He, they follow, we follow him according to his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. As children of God, there are a lot of voices that come our way. But there is one voice that needs to stand out above them all and that we hear that voice clearly. That that voice is something that guides us. That's a voice that speaks to us and gives us the direction we need, gives us the comfort we need, gives us the encouragement we need, gives us the direction, that, especially in a day and age where it seems very, very difficult to know which way to go. What do we do in the midst of this? We do not need to be afraid as children of God. We don't need to be afraid of COVID. We don't need to be afraid of the political uh, climate of our country. We don't need to be afraid in the midst of all the stuff that's going on in our world around us. Why? Because we have a voice that will guide us in the midst of it. The scripture tells us in the Psalms that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He will direct our path. He will direct our feet. He will lead us into places of of blessing. He will lead us into places where we meet him in a very, very special way. God wants to speak to us. He wants to speak to you and he wants to speak to me. He speaks to us individually and he speaks to us corporately. He speaks to us when we gather together as we are today. He speaks to us. Not always just about us personally, but about us corporately. What is God saying to us? I believe what we experienced today in worship was a moment where God was speaking to us. I believe he was speaking to us corporately. I believe he's speaking to us in a way that's promising us that his presence is here. That his kingdom has come. His will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That it will be done in us and through us. I believe it was a promise to us today. Today. And most of us could feel that drawing as the team was singing, as they were declaring these truths, this drawing that says, yes, there's something inside of our heart that was saying, yes, there's something changing in the spirit. There's something changing. I can feel it. Heaven come down. And our hearts were going, yes, yes, yes. Why? Why? because I believe it was the voice of God speaking to us as a group, as a church, as a body of Christ. It's not something we need to fear in this day and age, what all is going on around us. We can hear God individually. How do we do that? Through our, we gotta slow down, first of all. Slow down and quiet our heart. Oftentimes I'll ask people, hey, when do you spend time with God? Well, I spend time with God when I drive. That's good, because we live in Atlanta. And we need God when we drive here. But it's hard to quiet our heart on I-85. Going 80 miles an hour. Some people go faster than that. Or we're sitting still in traffic. And people are doing crazy things. And they're yelling and screaming and throwing their arms and all the stuff. It doesn't make me feel calm. Does it make you feel calm? No, it's, it's a hard place to quiet our hearts. We've got to find a place to quiet our hearts, to meditate on the scripture, to think on it, to sit with it. And let it, as we read it, allow it to read us. The word of God is the only book you have in your house that's alive and active. It's alive and active, the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing the very soul and the spirit. We can sit in this moment, and as we read the scripture, we can pray and say, Lord, let the word read me. Show me me. Show me where I am. Show me how I'm aligned to your heart. And then we sit and listen to God. God doesn't speak always through megaphones. We run around sometimes, and we're looking for prophets, or we're looking for the next greatest message. We got every message on the planet is Accessible to us by just one touch. We can hear any preacher in the world. We can hear the best of the best of the best. But God doesn't need priests and prophets to speak anymore. He speaks through, him, through his own voice. Now, does he speak prophetically? Yes. Does he speak through prof- people who have the gift of prophecy? Sure. Does he speak through pastors? Absolutely. But he'll speak through you too. Just as much as he speaks through any other voice. But we have to have the word of God in our heart. So we hear him individually. But we also hear him corporately. We hear him in our worship time. We just heard him today. We hear him in the time where we're preaching the word. And we're collectively coming to hear the word of God. Spoken to us and taught. And and brought to us. To encourage us. To strengthen us. To guide us. To lead us to God. As our source. And then we pray. We pray. We pray up here at the altar every week. This this altar time is not for people who have problems. This altar time is for people who want to hear God. And we want somebody to lock arms with us. Let them come and lock their faith with your faith and let's hear God together. I hear in part, you hear in part, but if we hear together, we'll hear more. And yes, we may pray for sickness. Yes, we may pray for a marriage. Yes, we may pray for a situation in your life. But also, we'll pray for you if you have a a business meeting and you're going to be stepping into a board meeting and you need to hear the voice of God in that meeting. We'll pray for you if you're a mom and you're homeschooling your kids or you're having to deal with this, this distanced learning. And you need the voice of God on your tongue to speak life to your children. We'll pray for you. We'll pray for you if you just walk up and say, I don't know why I'm here. Will you just pray? Yes, we'll pray. Why? Because we just want to hear God. You don't need to hear the voice of a man. You need to hear the voice of God. We've got to hear the voice of God. We're listening to too many voices of men. We want to hear the voice of God. He speaks today. He'll speak to you directly. And he will confirm things through other people. You see, God doesn't only speak to us individually, he speaks to us corporately, but why would he do that? Why would God speak to us also individually, but also corporately? When we come, I hope that you come into this place every week with an expectation to hear the voice of God. Not to hear the voice of a preacher, but to hear the voice of God, to hear the, the heart of God, to hear the passions of God and that we respond to that. That's my hope for us every week. But why would he speak to us corporately? Because he wants to bring us into unity. We live in the most divisive society I've ever seen in my lifetime. We're divisive inside the church. We're divisive outside the church. We we say things on social media or we say things in such a response to people that is just downright ungodly. Your point may be right, but your heart is far from God in your expression of it. Listen, if we need anything, right now, we as a church need to come and unify. I'm not talking about unity around politics. That's going to change, I promise you. It's all changing. No matter which side of the ball you stand on. That's all fleeting and moving and changing. We don't come and unify around politics. We don't come and unify around things that are temporal. We come and unify our hearts around something that is not temporal. Something that does not change. That is immovable and unshakable. That's where we come and unify. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. Unity does not require agreement. For those of you who are married, say amen. You're never 100% in agreement about everything all the time. But we can still walk unified. We can still walk and say, you know what, there are things that matter and there are things that don't matter and there are things that are going to be fleeting that do matter that matter to me. But you know what? I'm going to unify around the one Jesus Christ who is unshakable, unmovable, unchangeable in all of his ways. We're going to unify around his voice. The second thing is we're going to mature. The reason God would speak to us is unity and maturity so that we're not tossed to and fro about everything that comes our way. It's a place where we come and we hear together for encouragement. A place where we come and we receive strength and power. From the Word of God together in a place where we grow in love. Where we grow in love, where we grow in learning both how to receive love, but also how to give love. Here's when you know your love is mature is when you give to people who disagree with you. It's not hard to love people you agree with, it's not hard to love people you like, it's hard to love your enemy. But God wants to unify us and mature us. He wants to encourage us and empower us to walk in this love and be this voice in the world. So why is it important that we hear him? For those reasons, those five reasons. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter four in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter four is one of the most motivating passages of scripture for me personally. It's what... um, guides my life and gives me life. It's why I chose ministry, because of this passage of scripture right here that I'm about to read. It's, it's something that God has put so deep inside of my heart, so I'm gonna, you're going to see a little insight into my heart as we read this passage of scripture. We'll start with verse 11, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets. And some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, you have a work of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. And some passages or some translations say unity in the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity. Say with me, spiritual maturity. God wants to grow us and mature us spiritually and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. And then our immaturity will end. Somebody needs to say, thank you, Lord. Lord. Our immaturity will end. And this is not about reaching a certain age. This is about allowing through the word of God, our hearts to be matured and strengthened and deepened and grounded and rooted in him. And our immaturity can come to an end. Let's continue on. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Say, praise the Lord. We got a lot of trouble going on right now. But we will not be easily shaken. Because we're unified and we're mature and we're based on the word of God. Nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth all our direction and ministries will flow from Christ the leader uh, and lead us to deep lead us deeper into him the anointed head of his body the church for his body has been formed in the image, the Imago Dei. It's not just that we individually have been formed into the image of God. We collectively have been formed uh, conformed into the image of God or are, are made up in the image of God and is closely joined together and consistently connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have divine gifts. Divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. That's an important phrase to contribute to the growth of all. When we come together, it's important for us to hear collectively because what you have, I need and what I have, you need. And it's for the good of all. It's for the collective growth of everyone. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Why is it important for us to hear the God collectively? We just read it right here in these five passages of scripture, unity, maturity, encouragement, power, love. So when we come here on the weekends, I wanna encourage you to start praying and saying, God, what do you wanna speak to me today? God, what do you wanna speak through me today? You know what? I need you to engage in worship. You know why? Because when I turn around and I see you engaged and I see men with their hands lifted in their hearts passionately pursuing God and I see us going in, you know what it does to me? It makes me want to worship. When I see people responding to the word of God and receiving it and saying, yes, I'm responding to that, you know what it does for me? It makes me want to respond to the word of God. When I see us obey God boldly and step out in boldness, it makes me want to step out in boldness. And when you see me do it, it makes you want to do the same. When we see each other walking this way, because we've heard God together, we spur one another on, we stir one another up, we strengthen one another, we walk together, we laugh together, we cry together, we live together. We walk in unity no matter what's going on around us. We fight for it. We fight for it. Some of us fight for our political views more than we fight for unity. God will never be in that. Never. He's in unity, though. It's his heart, it's his passion, it's his desire. He wants us to walk in unity. Hearing God is meant to be broader than individual encouragement. It's meant to unify, mature, and emancipate greatness in in his whole body. Why? So that his glory will be shared throughout the earth. How will they know we are his disciples? By the love we have for one another, by the way we treat one another, by the way we encourage one another, by the way we strengthen one another. Why is it important? God wants to unify us. He wants to mature us. He wants to ground us deeply in him. So that we grow up into full maturity and we're not we can put aside all immaturity in our lives. Hebrews 10. This is a verse that is really important in the days that we live in today. How many of you have friends that have stopped attending church but you know they need to attend church? They've stopped attending church for various reasons. Maybe maybe legitimate reasons. But they need to be in touch with the body. They need to be connected to the body of Christ. Here's what Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 and 25 say. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. Doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect or abandon meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing Because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. I have a friend. His name is Aaron. Aaron and his wife, Sarah, every time they come to church, what they do is they will pray and they say, God, who would you have us to connect with this morning? They don't just come in and hang out with their closest friends. They do that during the week. They come into church with a mission. They come into church. We need to hear God. And we need to connect with God's people. Lord, who would you have us to connect with today to encourage? And they literally are looking around. They're listening to the voice of God. And as God points somebody out to them, and oftentimes he points two different people out to them. At the end of the service, when the service is coming to a close, they look at each other and go, You got your person? Yeah, I got my person. You got your person? Yeah, I got my person. Okay, we'll meet up in the lobby in about 15 minutes or so. All right. All right. Break. And they go to those people they say hey my name is Aaron and I just noticed during worship God put you on my heart and I just wanted to say hello to you how are you doing today people would just open their hearts and start talking to them well they start unloading their lives somebody would go yeah that's why I don't want to go talk to anybody afterwards but you know what they do? They speak life to them. They speak encouragement to them. They stir them, spur, spur them on to love and good deeds, Hebrews tells us. Because they don't come to church to consume church. They come to church, as Ephesians 4 said, to contribute their gifts to the church. To the people. This isn't just about leading a group or Serving as ushers and greeters or worship team members. It's not just about that. Although that may be the way you're gifted. It's about taking the time to say, God, speak to me. So that I can encourage somebody today. Let me be a light. Let me be an encouragement. Maybe, just maybe. When you come and you say hello to that person. Your obedience may be the answer to their prayer. Let me tell you, we were in Lutes, Florida one time. There was this lady sat about halfway back in the service. She looked angry. She was angry. She looked angry, closed, closed off. And when it came time to do the ministry portion of the service, Sherry uh, went up to this lady. And when she went up to her at the ministry time, she knelt down in front of her and she grabbed her hand. She said, hi, my name is Sherry. Can I pray for you? And this lady just started weeping Started weeping. You know why? Her car was loaded with all of her stuff. She had an ultimatum out to God. God, you meet me tonight or I am gone. My car is loaded. I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving everything. God, you meet me tonight. And here's how I want you to meet me. Would you send somebody to me? Sherry's sitting here. This lady was intimidating. She was, did not look open. But Sherry felt this leading so strong that she went up. And when she knelt down in front of her, that was when God met that lady. And you know what she felt? God heard me. He responded to me because he cares about me. You can do the very same thing. We can do the very same thing, all of us. What what would happen if we all came with that kind of heart? Man, it would be transformational. It would be transformational in the lives of people. When we hear God, we must hear Him, believe Him, and trust in Him, and then obey Him. In the Old Testament, when you hear hear, it's synonymous with obey. Hear and obey are basically the same thing. In In the New Testament... Hear and obey are very much implied. When you hear God and obey Him. Do what He's saying to do. So how do we do that? One is, I'm going to give you an acrostic for here. Here. I need acrostic sometimes just, for, just to help me remember something. So here, H-E-A-R. We have to heed the voice of God. Engage with the voice of God. Align to the voice of God. And rest in the voice of God. Heed engage, align, and rest. Let's look at this. Heed. What does it mean to heed? Mark chapter 4, verse 23 through 25. Jesus is speaking here and he says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. If anyone has ears to hear, let him obey. Then he said to them, Take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use it, this is important for us to hear this right here. With the same measure that you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Take heed to what you hear. With the same measure that you hear, when you hear it, if it will be given to you. If you hear, God's saying, heed what I'm saying. Heed what I'm saying. Listen intelligently. Listen in a way that says, I'm going to give attention to what you're saying. I'm going to obey what you're saying, God. Heed it. And he says, you'll be given. I will continue to speak according to the measure in which you respond to it. So sometimes I wonder this. If we're not hearing God, why not? Is it because we've heard God and we didn't heed what he said? Has God spoken to you in ways before where you go, mm, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if I'm going to respond to that. And if you, that's the case, then and why does he need to speak to you further? You're not going to do what he's telling you to do. He's going to speak to you according to the measure in which you hear. But if we go back, so how do I, how do I get out of that hole? If I'm in that hole, go back to the thing that he said that you last heard him say and obey what he said. Go back to that thing and then obey him and move forward. And guess what? You'll start hearing the voice of God again. You'll start hearing his voice again. Verse 25, uh, Mark 25, He says, For whoever has to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. God speaks according to the measure you respond or obey to him. He 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 responds to that. It's not like, yeah, i just choose what I heed and what I don't heed. I'll heed this, but not that. No, God wants us to heed his word, to hear his word and respond to it. To those who disbelieve or are indifferent will lose whatever ability for understanding they had. And therefore will continue in spiritual ignorance. We don't have to remain spiritually ignorant. We don't have to remain spiritually immature. But if we do not heed God's word, whether it's his written word or his spoken word. Then we will remain spiritually ignorant. That's not God's heart. God wants to unlock the mysteries of heaven to us. He wants to reveal his word to us. He wants to speak to us. Why? Because he wants us to be unified. He wants us to be mature. He doesn't want us to be tossed around by every wind of doctrine or by every trouble that comes our way. He wants us to be rooted and grounded in him. He wants us to hear him, obey him, follow him. Romans 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the, uh, word of God, the utterance, the voice of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the voice of God. There's two ways. That he speaks to us. Next week we're going to actually be talking about dreams and prophecy and all that kind of stuff. God speaks through those ways as well. But here's one of the ways that... Or two ways that he speaks to us. Through his written word. When you hold your Bible. It's called... The Greek word for the Bible is called logos. It's the written word. God wrote it. He breathed it. Through men. It's the written word. It's still alive. It's still active. It's still relevant for today. Or the rhema word. The rhema is the prophetic or spoken word of God. It's where God speaks. He may use somebody to speak. Or he may speak to you just in your own quiet time. Faith comes by hearing, listening, and heeding. Are we faithless because we're not hearing? Or are we not hearing because we're not heeding? When I was at Bible college way back in 1990... Went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas. And I felt the Lord speak to me one day about auditioning for a traveling music group that was a part of our student body led by a staff member and we traveled all over the country and different parts of the world. And I felt the Lord speak to me about auditioning for this uh, traveling music group. And I was like, um, that's awesome, God. Um, do you know that's a singing group? This is my conversation with God. You, you, you know this is a singing group. Yes, I know it's a singing group. I want you to audition for it. I have something for you in it. Um, Okay. Um, There's a problem here, God. It's a singing group. And I don't sing. So that's a problem. I want you to audition for this group. And through a bunch of different things where the Lord just confirmed over and over and over again that this was the right thing to do, I auditioned for this singing group. And I made it. Not because I can sing. I couldn't sing then. I still can't sing. I made it because it's what God had for me. He opened a door that no man could open. He opened a door that wasn't based on just my gifts alone. He opened the door. And when he did, and I walked through this door... He literally picked me up off of this track of trajectory of life, and he set me down on a whole different trajectory of life. It was a moment, and it happened like that. I was going this way. I was on this trajectory, and because I heeded the word of God, now I'm on this one. I could not have strategized my way, planned my way, worked my way, got to this trajectory. I he couldn't even see it. I had no idea what, that, what, op- what would open up to me from that simple act of obedience. We must heed the word. Hear him. Believe him. Obey him. Heed the word. Engage with the word. We need to hear the word for ourselves and not others. How many of you have ever been sitting in a sermon and you're going, man, I wish so-and-so could hear this word. Man, I wish, I hope so-and-so is listening. Oh, man, I'm gonna will this word towards them. Oh, my might, I hope they hear it. I'm gonna wave my hands. I'm gonna try to get this word to them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you engage with it. Lord, what are you saying to me with it? What are you saying to me? I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'll let you deal with that person. God, what are you saying to me? I'm going to engage with this word. I'm going to to engage with it in a way that I allow it to come inside of me. Take root in me and grow to maturity in me. I'm going to engage with it. May I ask a few questions when you hear the word of the Lord? Is there something I need to do? Is there a book I need to read? Is there counsel I need to receive? Is there someone I need to talk to? Is there something that needs to happen? Cause I've received this word from God. I hear him and I know it's him. It may not, may not make sense to me. It may make full sense to me, but I know that I've heard from God. Now, what do I do with this? Do I read more about it? Do I look in the scripture? Do I seek counsel? God confirms his word through counsel many, many times. Do I seek counsel? So let me ask you, what is God saying to you? He's speaking, I promise you. He's speaking. He may not be on a megaphone, he may not be on a bullhorn, it may not be loud. It may be that still small voice that if you'll quiet yourself long enough, you can hear. If you push all the noise back, you can hear. If you will listen, you can hear it. What is he saying to you? We heed the word. We engage with the word. We align with the word. When we align with the word, this is where we determine to be trustful. And to make whatever changes we need to make with our priorities and our choices. To align with God's word. That we make choices. That if he says you need to quit your job. We'll quit our job. If he says you need to cut off of this relationship. It's toxic in your life. That you'll cut it off. Will you listen. And align your life. With what the Lord is saying. Will you. 1999. Our son was less than a year old, Drew. And I remember we were in an unhealthy church scenario. And I knew the Lord was speaking to us about getting involved in a healthy church. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if that meant we were going to have to move. I didn't know exactly what that meant. But I knew God was speaking to me. And so Sherry and I started talking about it and praying about it. We began to ask God, what does this mean? We need to get involved in a healthy church. We're on staff at a church. I was on staff at a church that I wouldn't naturally attend. That's a good sign that you need to leave. If you want to attend the church you're working at, you probably are the wrong guy. And that's where I was. I was attending this church that I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't attend if I wasn't on staff. And I remember the Lord speaking to me. There were some things in it that were very unhealthy, very toxic. And I remember Sherry saying, well, well, why do you feel like you need to quit this job? I said, I want you to look at this young man, little boy, little baby. I'm going to challenge him to live his life aligned to God. I'm going to raise him to do it. I'm going to raise him in the ways of God. And I'm going to tell him, as he grows up and becomes a man, I'm going to tell him, Son, if you hear God and you obey God, you can trust God. You can step out whether it makes sense or not. And then when he says, Dad, have you ever done that? Yes. Yes, I have. And I have never been forsaken one time. So we began to pray about it. And we, we were like, we're going to move to Atlanta. We were going to come be a part of victory. The pastor was okay. He's my brother. Not Johnson, but Pastor Dennis. He's, he's my brother. And here we are. And I'm thinking, I'm going to go be a part of victory. So I tell him, he's all excited. We were going to be home so we could raise Drew and, and Lindsay. We didn't know about Lindsay yet, but we were going to have more kids. And so we wanted to raise them around family. But then I got this call from a friend of mine in Amarillo, Texas. Anybody been to Amarillo, Texas? Yeah, you don't really go to Amarillo, Texas. You go through Amarillo, Texas on the way to somewhere nice. Right? And so Amarillo smells like cow manure. They call it the smell of money. That's true. But anyway, my friend calls me and he says, hey, I know you've resigned your position. I'd love for you to come lead a retreat for our worship department. Would you come out and lead this retreat for us? I said, sure. I don't have anything else to do right now, so yeah, if you'll fly me out, I'll be happy to do it. And so while we were there, Sherry and I and Drew and we were there and my friend was showing me all around Amarillo, Texas. If you've never been to Amarillo, there's not a lot to see. It's about a 20 minute thing to see the whole city of Amarillo. And he was driving around, he goes, what else can I show you? I said, Bro, there's nothing else to show me. I could tell he was wanting me to move there, and I said, Bro, I'm not moving here. I'm going to Atlanta. But I kept feeling like the Lord saying, This is where you're supposed to be. And so that night, before we were going to a Saturday night service, church service, Sherry and I went for a walk. Drew was sleeping, he was napping. I'm walking down the sidewalk, hoping that she's going to confirm that I'm not hearing God because she hasn't left the house, our friend's house. So we're walking down the the sidewalk, and I said, I don't know how to tell you this. This doesn't even make sense what I'm about to say. I'm confused by what I'm about to say. I'm sure it's going to confuse you too. And I said, I feel like this is where we're supposed to come. This is where we're supposed to live. And she went, oh. I thought, yes. She's fixing to say, that's not God. And she said, I didn't know how to tell you, but I've been feeling it the whole time we're here. feel like this is where we're supposed to be. We moved there. Out of the blue. No job. We move, we show up with a U-Haul truck in Amarillo, Texas. Why are we here? We don't know. God, again, picked me up off of the trajectory of life I was on and then set me down on another. Those are two moments where I met God in a way that I can literally tell my son now, God will meet you. Follow him. Be bold. Don't be afraid. So we heed his word. We engage with his word, we align to his word, and then we rest in his word. The power of the word is in the word itself. The power of God's word is in the word itself. It's not in us. In other words, we do not have to make anything that God is speaking to us come about. We can't make it come about. We may not even know what he's trying to bring about. But the power of the word is in the word itself. When we hear and receive God's word, when we hear his voice and we respond to it, we receive it and we respond to it. All we're doing is taking the step forward to say, God, I will obey you. Now, will you meet me right here? And he says, yes, I'll meet you here and I'll meet you here and I'll meet you here and I'll meet you here. Because we don't have to make it happen. We can rest in it. Lord, you have spoken it. And I love what he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one. He said, I will watch over my word to perform it. I will make sure it happens. We never have to bring about God's word. He will bring it about through us. We just have to say, when you speak, I will obey. I will trust you when it doesn't make sense. I will do it no matter how it looks. I will follow you. We must trust. We must heed. We must engage. We must align and we must rest. This verse, Matthew 11. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me and get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to make it happen. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and light. When we rest in him, we live freely in light. Heed, engage, align, rest. Hear him. Trust him, believe him. God, I will obey you. When we do this corporately, the church becomes a place where the broken and bruised find shelter. Why? Because they're with people who hear God. And the second thing we have to do, we hear and then we live the word. We the church, we the church corporately become the proclaimed word. When we leave this building or our online gathering, we carry the word we've heard into our workplace, into our communities, into our families, and into the world. It's important that we hear God's word together. This is a poem that Sherry grew up with as a child. It says, you are writing a gospel a chapter a day, by the deeds that you do and the word, by the words that you say. Men, read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? We have to live it out. We can't just hear it. We can't just hear it for ourselves. We can't even just hear it corporately and not respond to it the voice of God, to hear the voice of God. James 1, we'll close with this. Don't just listen to the word, the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled in your life. If you listen to the word and don't live it out, live out the message you hear. You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word and to discover the reflection of his own face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin or the imago day that's inside of us. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it They experience God's blessing in all that they do. For us to know the voice of God, we have to know him. We have to know him. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you wouldn't be able to recognize his voice. You wouldn't know that voice. But today you wanna ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You want him to speak to you and to save you, to redeem you, to restore you. It's really easy. Because of the work of Jesus, when we receive that and turn away from our sin and say, I'm not gonna live that way anymore, I'm gonna live the ways of the Lord. And we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it puts us in right standing with God. Therefore, we stand before him righteous and right standing. That's what the word means. We stand before God righteous, not perfect. But we stand before him righteous and clean because of the work of Jesus. And we can come boldly into the presence of God where we can hear him clearly for ourselves. Where he wants to speak to us, where he wants to show us grace, where he wants to show us mercy, where he wants to be with us and commune with us. And when we come boldly into the presence of God's righteous, it's a moment where our lives get transformed over and over and over again. Every time we come into His presence, it's like that. We never leave the presence of God and go, "Oh well, that was." Him. No, most of the time He goes and does a deep work inside of us. Someone ask us to stand. As we stand I want to ask those of you who are maybe here today you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior and you'd like to do that today we're not going to ask people to bow their head or close their eyes there's nothing to be ashamed of it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life if that's you today I just want you to raise your hand all across this room just raise your hand we've had hands raised in every service lots of people their hands raised now. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hands. And we're going to pray a prayer together. And after we pray a prayer together, we're going to have a team of people down here to pray. I'd like for you to step out of your seat when we do a song here in just a moment, and just allow somebody to pray with you here, stand with you. But if you want to receive Jesus today, want you just to lift both hands to heaven, lift both hands like this. Let's all pray this prayer together. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you paid the penalty for my sin on the cross. And today, Jesus, I want to receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I have sinned and know that I have need of you. And I ask you, Jesus, that you would forgive me for the sins that I have committed. And that you would cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Jesus, I ask that you would be the Lord of my life. Jesus, I ask that you would be the Savior of my soul. And Jesus, I ask that you would empower me to live this life in a way that honors you in Jesus name amen amen can we rejoice with those who gave their heart to Jesus today I'm going to ask our prayer team if they'll come down and regardless of what you need prayer for today maybe you gave your heart to Jesus please come and allow them just to pray with you but no matter what you need prayer for today you just need to hear God you just want to hear God and you want somebody to stand with you and lock their faith with yours then just step out of your seat as we as pastor jeremy leads us in this last song step out of your seat and make your way down and we would love to pray with you we'll we'll stay here as long as we need to just go ahead and make your way down now go ahead and step out of your seat make your way down let's worship